How was Summerfest yesterday? Weird. Um, it was it was lovely because the temperatures were really nice. A breeze off the the lake. Um, there was a, a, a fair amount of pot smoking though around the area, or Come at on. least that's what it smelled like. I mean, it was like my goodness. Could have been a clove. <laughs> Could have been anything. Yeah. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano. Here's Eric Bilstad. And a good morning to you on this Friday. Eric in for Vince. Vince is back Monday. Michelle Richards is back. Hi, Michelle. Morning. It's good to see you. Debbie Lasga is on the roads. Brandon Snide is taking care of sports today. And, of course, Greg Pancake. Hill. My thanks to Pancake for everything. Uh, and, by the way, Pancake Breakfast comes up here at 5.50 this morning. Hey, Brandon, I was going to ask you this yesterday, but we didn't get to it. A uh, lot to talk about uh, fireworks and how long fireworks should be celebrated and fired off before or after <laughs> July 4th uh, by the amateurs I'm talking about. Um, and oftentimes someone will say, well, you got to think about the vets when it comes to this because some of them can react to it differently than others. How are you when it comes to firework play? I, it's going to be a controversial take. That's okay. Maybe I hate them. Yeah, I absolutely hate them. I know, like you guys know this, and and you guys all have kids. Like you, you do it for the kids, and you sure. go and you, you have fun. And not and, everyone does, but go ahead. Yeah, but you know, you try to suck it up. Um, so I did. Um, but I, I hate them. If you have them at your house, I absolutely think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> no matter what time of the year. Um, but I, I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, for me personally, is it triggering? It is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, a lot of what I went through in my experiences uh, was a lot of indirect fire in Iraq and Afghanistan, and that in hearing fireworks when you're sitting down watching, you know, the nine o'clock news or yeah, watching a yeah. movie, and that's what you hear. It 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 brings back uh, certain things. My anxiety goes up way more than it normally will would be, um, and I experienced that over the weekend, which is you you're you expect it, you know, but sure. um, no, I just think I think fireworks are a terrible. Idea. I'm not against them. I don't. I don't dislike them. I just. I don't necessarily. Not a fan of them. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Something to remember. Yeah. If if you're one of those who likes to fire them off randomly on a July 13th day or something like yeah, that, like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Like, not necessary. Just be mindful of that. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate it, man. All right. Sports in one minute. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After suffering back-to-back heartbreaking losses this week, the Milwaukee Brewers, thanks to some help from Victor Carantini, got back to their winning ways over at American Family Field on Thursday afternoon. And the pitch. Carantini to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Carantini! And the Brewers Bob Euchre on the call right here on WTMJ as Carantini broke the 5-5 tie in the 8th inning to put the crew ahead for good. Yoel Piamps recorded the save, and the Brewers ended up splitting the four-game set with the visiting Chicago Cubs. Next up for the crew, the first-place Cincinnati Reds, who will embark to Milwaukee to begin a three-game set tonight. Coverage gets underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 6 p.m. with our Brewers warm-up. From the Diamond to the NBA, where the league's overall number one pick, Victor Wembiyama, has only been in the NBA for just a few weeks. 
before running into a crazed fan in public. And that person grabbed me from behind. I didn't see I didn't see what happened because I was walking straight and we told don't stop. But that person grabbed me from behind, not on my shoulder. She grabbed me from behind. And uh, so I, I just know that the security pushed her away. I don't know with how with how much force, though, but uh, security pushed her away. I didn't I didn't stop for, to look. So I kept walking and uh, enjoyed a nice dinner. <laughs> that crazy person that he's talking about that grabbed him. Pop star Britney Spears over there in Las Vegas. Not sure. How many of you had that on your bingo card to happen this summer? Webby Yama versus Britney Spears. Spears. I'm fascinated by this story, <laughs> by the way. I, how, how, a couple of things, like, in both sides are kind of in the wrong. Like, she, sure. she should actually, of all people, know better than to just, like, run up to somebody yeah, and grab them knows. from behind. She yeah. deals with paparazzi and crazy people all the time. But at the same time, settle down. Why are you swinging your hands around if you're security at some smaller being who is just trying to get sure, near? Right, and, and a female. Like, she's not yeah. going to, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. She did end up filing a police report claiming she was struck by a security guard while trying to get the attention of the NBA star. I'm curious how hard she was struck. Not that it matters. I thought I read somewhere that glasses were yeah. thrown from her face. <sighs> Oh, we'll see about that. Staying in the NBA and back here in Milwaukee, there's no drama. The Bucks and free agent guard A.J. Green have agreed to a multi-year contract and with the first year becoming fully guaranteed. Green averaged 4.4 points in 35 games for the Bucks as a two-way player just this season. Britney Spears is also trying to take pictures with A.J. Green. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's that, that that's what happen. I took out of that. <laughs> 518. So what do you do with 794? That story next. So there's been some talk about um, included in the state budget, which was uh, signed and vetoed, measures of it were vetoed by the governor this week, that will bring money to the 894, I'm sorry, the 94 corridor, the 94 corridor between the zoo and the Marquette Interchange. So that construction project is expected to begin in some capacity in 2025. So that will be a storyline that will continue to move forward. The other storyline that's going to keep moving forward is what to do with 794. Lots of talk about just that little portion of 794 between the lakefront and the Marquette. Should it come down because it divides the third ward from the rest of the city? And the Milwaukee Business Journal is uh, pairing up with Marquette University. They're going to hold an event later this month that I'm going to tell you about where they're going to discuss the future of 794 and whether or not it should be there or not. Urban planner Peter Park is going to be the keynote speaker. And uh, he led urban design in Milwaukee way back when, in 1995 to 2003. So he was part of the Park East Corridor elimination project, if you will. And I spoke with him yesterday, and he made an interesting comment. Park basically said that, hey, look, Milwaukee has proved that taking apart a freeway in the city can actually work because they've already done it. If you think about the Park East, that nearly one mile of the Park East, that no longer is paid for by the state for to be maintained. And the amount of tax revenue and land value and jobs and housing that's been created that replace those empty parking lots and underutilized properties, that's a big difference, right? That's a big difference. And and what did Milwaukee lose in that, right? I mean, do people not have the ability to get to work? No, traffic is not the problem. And so, if we, again, if you only are trying to solve for traffic, thinking that you need to limit access and build a highway in a downtown, Milwaukee is proof, not only to itself, but to the rest of the country and the world that, you don't need to design 
In fact, it's the wrong design to have a limited access highway. And he, and he says you've seen it here with the Park East and what's become of that region. Even before Pfizer formed, there's lots of different areas and developments that took place after the Park East corridor was taken down. So will they do that with 794? So there's a, a big event taking place that the Milwaukee Business Journal is leading. This is on July 17th. They're pairing up with Marquette University. So... Park will be there. He'll be the keynote speaker. Also, Beth Rewick from the uh, Milwaukee Downtown Bid. The Business Improvement District will be there, and then some others as well, some other uh, leaders in some of the associations in the city. So I'm curious to see where this goes, but all eyes seem to be believing that 794 is not long for this world. You know, it's going to be okay, everyone. It's going to be fine. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be the home. Like, I should point out, like, a lot of times we think of 794, we think of that entire stretch. Right. We're basically talking about the stretch here from the lake to the Marquette mm-hmm. would be one that they would like to get rid of and be able to develop and, and put some pieces in there. Right. Um, is it going to happen overnight? No, but the DOT is studying this, and it just seems to, it seems to be indicating that this is something that will happen eventually. Well, and I'm all for, you know, more efficiency and, you know, greater business opportunities and more development. So, it, again, it's going to be okay. All right. We'll see. 794, <laughs> what to do with the July 17th uh, big event held by the Milwaukee Business Journal. Just go to the Business Journal website. You can learn more details about that. News about your money now on WDTMJ and the WDTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. Let's take a look at the futures here for today. Um, We're a few hours away from the bell, but I want to make sure I get you the right numbers here. Right now, everything in the red again right now. Dow futures are down. S&P and NASDAQ futures are down three hours from the bell. Annex Wealth Management, know the difference. Sticks plays the big gig today. We'll give you a rundown here in a second. The reason I was asking Debbie about cornhole or bags is because the American Cornhole League Pro Shootout and a Super Hole Cornhole competition will take place today. <laughs> just sounds funny to me. Bags. This bags. Anyway, the Super Hole Cornhole competition will take place today right by our studios there at Summerfest uh, this evening. Actually, it's going to be broadcast on ESPN2 tonight also. And some celebrities are going to be there. Aaron Jones, Spice Adams, Nikki Garcia, and some others are going to be throwing the bags. Not the corn. Yeah, the, yes. <laughs> so bags instead of cornhole. But anyway, that's this evening at Summerfest. Also, as far as uh, getting in for free, free admission with Fritos, which is the official chip of Summerfest today with Fritos uh, between noon and 6 p. And uh, anyone who goes tomorrow, it's Fan Appreciation Day tomorrow. So if you get there between noon and 3, it is free admission tomorrow at Summerfest, courtesy of Pottawatomie Casino. So what is in store today? Who are on the stages? Mike Spalding's got Country rocker Tyler Hubbard's headlined the U.S. Cellular Connection stage at 10. It's 90s at 9 as Collective Soul headlines the Uline Warehouse stage at 9.30. Japanese Breakfast headlines the Generac Power stage at 9.30. The Pretty Reckless rock out on the Middle of Light Oasis stage at 10.15. I'll never be good enough. 
Country music virtuoso Zach Bryan headlines the American Family Amphitheater at 7.30. Find out what you're doing so I can let you down for the Thank you, Mike. Yes, the final weekend of Summerfest is here. 544, a huge weekend series for the crew. Brandon's got it next in sports. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Marky Brewers bounced back on Thursday afternoon. This after losing back-to-back games against the Cubs, this time defeating Chicago by a final score of 6-5. Yelich drives one to left. Deep warning track. Get up on the wall. For Christian Yelich, he just hit a three-run shot out of here. It hit the top of the wall and kept on going. Bob Euchre on the call right here on WTMJ as Yelich knocked out his 11th homer of the season. And with the win, the Brewers improved to 47 and 41. Yelich staying hot for the Brew Crew as he in the, is in the midst of his best 20 game stretch since 2019, adding a homer, three RBIs, and a stolen base on Thursday afternoon. The Brewers will welcome in the first place Cincinnati Reds tonight to begin a three game set. They currently are two games behind in the lead for the NL Central. Coverage will get underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 6 p.m. Staying with the Brewers here as the MLB trade deadline is quickly approaching. Could Milwaukee be a team that might be looking to upgrade at first base ahead of the August 1st deadline? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Owen yesterday, um, you know, had had a little bit of a tough stretch there, but but he's had a great season overall. And, And that being said, you know, we're always looking to upgrade our club, and, and certainly if there's an opportunity to, to improve there, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely take a look. Brewers general manager and senior vice president Matt Arnold on Brewers 360 Thursday morning. Arnold also stating he believes starting pitcher Brandon Woodruff should head out to some rehab assignments soon with the hope of returning following the All-Star break. And lastly, the dollars keep getting handed out over the NBA as DeJounte Murray of the Atlanta Hawks agreed to a four-year, $120 million extension with the team and the Bucks and free agent guard A.J. Green have agreed to a multi-year contract with the first year becoming fully guaranteed. Green averaged 4.4 points in 35 games for the Bucks as a two-way player just a season ago. It is Friday. It's 548. That means the Greg Hill Pancake Breakfast Special is next. By the end of the week, some things just don't make the show. And the producer, Greg Hill, our pancake producer, who's named Pancake because he used to work at the Pancake House, delivers up some leftovers. He gives us our pancake breakfast special. What about breakfast? We've already had it. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Should I start producing pancakes? <laughs> I, was I for think that. so. As an aside, <laughs> I used to. Even though I didn't make them, I served them. Anyway, yes. I'm out here today to make the bad guy look worse. Now, we all may not be renters anymore here on the show. However, if you're listening and you are a renter, you know that rent is skyrocketing everywhere. So, would you think that landlords would lose all their credibility and be at the whim of the renter? Not the case, as some of the most outlandish renting stories have come to light despite being in a post-pandemic world. These ridiculous stories coming via the landlord. Meet, and I use that word on purpose, meet Michael Lehrer, owner of a two-one-bedroom apartment building in Brooklyn, New York. 
in the Brooklyn Fort Greene neighborhood, the listing on this particular apartment, describes these units as spacious with outdoor space and period details. Now, as Michael was hosting an open house, he would tell his future tenants what was required to stay at the unit. One, they would have to afford the $5,700 a month price tag. But that is not the ridiculous part of the story. $5,700 a month, I said. <laughs> That's fine. No reaction no, to no, that? Oh, I'm I, that. I was speechless. <laughs> We're talking about New York. Radio, yeah. yes, not, we are. I guess I, I don't know what New York prices are, but that sounds seems reasonable. Again, one-bedroom apartment, people. Anyway, that's not the most ridiculous request. The other requirement, these tenants, if they would like to live here, cannot cook meat on the premises. Cooked meat is not allowed. The landlord, what? which has been described... As the New York Times, the, quote, wonderful vegan landlord will not accept an applicant who prepares, consumes, and mostly enjoys enemy any animal product. How would they know if they as smell? As a means of food. Yeah, smell I would imagine. If they smell it, if they hear Something the sizzle. Something spectacular. You can sizzle vegetables. Ex- you can. Noise. That's a good point. But expect an eviction notice. Now, wow. sounds like a new age thing, right? Ah, 2022, 2023. This person's been doing this since 2000. 2007. So you may think this is ridiculous, but Michael isn't breaking any laws. Landlords are not allowed to consider 14 different characteristics while deciding on a tenant being race, religion, those kinds of things. Uh, dietary habits, not one of them. Not yet, anyway. Now, before you think Michael's a total monster, he says, you can have cooked meats on the premises, but you just can't prepare them there. <laughs> so you go so, off to the park across the street, yeah, grill them, and then come good back. Good luck vetting that Take one. Out is okay. What about yeah, eggs? Exactly. Can I eat eggs so and cheese? Eggs. No, See, that's a good point. They said no vegan, so no. If it's vegan, no eggs, no cheese, none of that. Get ready to have the bouncer at the apartment complex. Check your grocery bags. I'm just kidding. No way. But, you know... Just as ridiculous as it could be. So what do we think of these respective landlord rules? Would you decide to live in this building aside from the $5,700 a month pay rent? But that's what I take exception with. But would you at least change your habits to try to live here? No. I mean, he can make his choice. He can set everything up the way he wants to. It's just, and he's going to get the people that he's going to get. It's like free market kind of thing. I, no, but I'm not First mistake it. is living in New York. Michelle? There it is. You know, obviously he's attracting renters if he's it's been working, doing it yeah. since what? What did you 2007. say? 2007. It's working. It hasn't been this guy's issue. So fine. And let the vegans live there. Not me. No offense to vegans. No offense at all. But I mean, just yeah, put that exactly. out there. But That's... obviously people are out there that want to live there. So, you know. Not, not for me, not for me. I, I will say this. Uh, my wife's a vegetarian, and my son has actually tried vegan just to do it. He's not a vegan, but he'll he'll do it for three weeks sure. just, just to see. Sure. And you'd be surprised at how much you can eat. I think sometimes yeah. we just assume there's no food. But, but there's, there's a lot of there's stuff there's that of actually could eat. be like questionable, right? Like the, I can't yeah, believe oh, yeah. it's not meat but, type of stuff. But you'd also be surprised at how good meat is when you do finally have it again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so it's not a personal ban on sidewalk chalk, which is a real story from a landlord. It's not impersonating a police officer to get rent, also a real story from a landlord, <laughs> or making sure that no one of the opposite sex stays the night at your complex. Multiple articles multiple accounts of that story 
being true. Although these landlords are glorified resident hall assistants, let's not forget that some tenants are just as crazy. Like the cat who chain smokes cigarettes inside of his unit below me, it's, although it being 70 degrees outside, claims to be smoking outside when he's clearly not. <laughs> and I knocked on his door. A little bit of a personal rant there. But Bam. nonetheless, if we take anything away from this segment, if you're able to own your property. What? <laughs> Alright, so what I've learned there is that you get good equity if you own your property. Okay. Yeah, basically their investment is there. Pancake breakfast special, thank you, Greg. Uh what if you have lab meat? That'd be okay, right? See, how, how are we going to distinguish? See, lab meat, yeah, they ha- the vegans are going to have to come up with a, a way to deal with that, lab whether or not that's a, legit, okay or not. Well, it's got to be okay, right? Because you're creating it. Right. right. Well, and there's plant-based meat. Right, exactly. Yes, that so that's too. stuff that, you know, you're grilling that stuff. Yeah. Is the landlord going to come over? I'm like, well, you want to do the chemical makeup of this? This is not... This is vegan. Remember, landlords are seriously telling people the opposite sex cannot stay over. Yeah, so. that's... that's hmm. <laughs> Buy a house. Buy Thank a house. you, Greg. Business headlines now, sponsored by Old National Bank. Get old. It's Siri Les from the Milwaukee Business Journal. Waukesha-based MRA expands into Ohio with the acquisition of a Cincinnati nonprofit that helps employers handle human resources matters. MRA now owns Employers Resource Association. North Shore Bank is building a new branch office in Oak Creek. The facility near the Drexel Town Square development will replace the financial institution's office on South Howell Avenue. And sporting goods retailer Hibbit plans a store on East Capitol Drive in Milwaukee. The business now has Wisconsin locations in Janesville and Platteville. I'm Sari Lask with Milwaukee, businessjournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.